Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. To the inspired evolution, and it is such a treat to be here today. Did I bleed at your drums? <laughs> <laughs> I was going for that. For the first time, for those tuning in to Caitlin and Cassidy for the first time, we have Caitlin and Cassidy Murray. How are we? Great. We're so happy, so to, happy be to be here. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, for those tuning in for the first time, they're world travelers and they're absolutely world travelers. So I've been to 58 countries. These girls have been to night. <laughs> Right, these guys are my heroes. So, um, but deeper than that, they're refugee advocates, international speakers, authors, and global change makers who have grown up living a nomadic lifestyle. Can't wait to talk to you guys about yes. that and all that that has infused into your life. Um, they're exploring the world full time with their family, visiting over ninety countries across six continents. In two thousand fifteen, they even co-founded a non-profit to help Syrian refugees, um, and they've been working in refugee camps in Greece and Turkey since then. They've spoken across the United States, Morocco, Italy, Greece, Estonia, now Croatia. (laughs) Uh, And they're basically here to raise awareness about the refugee crisis, which is a topic we're looking forward to diving deep into. It is a bit deep. So the importance of volunteering uh, volunteering as kids is something that they're passionate about and as young adults, which I think is amazing and it's really an honour to have you guys here in regards to that. Their mission is to inspire other youth to become global citizens and change makers so that they can take action to make the world a better place. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, this conversation could start anywhere. Um, Okay, let me start with something simple. Like, you two are in this together. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get on each other's nerves? <laughs> we surprisingly get along really well. Uh, there are, of course, yeah. those moments as siblings. Yeah. Um, but we have this amazing bond, and I think it was created through travel and always being together since mm-hmm. we were young, that there is always that connection, even though yes. we may fight. 
we become each other's best friends because when we travel, we only have our little brother, our parents, and then each other. So it's, we're always each other's best friends. So we're always together. And I think that's, what's really made this bond really important and special and yeah, yeah, unique. Yeah. I love that. Cause (laughs) traveling for me has completely like, you know, now we've met at Mind Valley and it's Mm -hmm. a personal development, like journey that we're all on. Mm -hmm. Um, and your mom's amazing as well. mentioned to mama and, um, but legitimately like before there was traveling in my life uh, before there was personal in my life there was traveling and mm. I've been to 58 countries and it's like just going to visit all these different places learning who I was um, in these different environments how I interacted with them completely gave me like again and again different perspectives on how to live life mm. um, but I was curious just because I'm an only child mm-hmm. it's like yeah. traveling with someone full time yes. because yeah, you really you traveling can be stressful. Mm-hmm. You can really interface mm-hmm. with like the heavier parts of like mm-hmm. oh, that doesn't work and this does work. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that you guys get along so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a gift. I think that we wouldn't be able to travel as much as we do mm-hmm. if we didn't get along as well. Yeah. So we're really lucky mm-hmm. in that way. And so having that relationship with each other, like, how does that infuse into then you know? Okay, let's maybe backstep and go into traveling. Was it always something that when did this whole uh, advocacy for refugees emerge from your traveling journey? Well, so we've been traveling since 2013 mm-hmm. as a family. So we were traveling and we were doing education on our own, learning from the world, just kind of leading a global nomadic education, as we call it. But then we ended up seeing a photo online of a little Syrian boy that was wearing a red T-shirt. It was a photo that went viral. He had washed up onto a shore in Turkey. And we saw that photo and it really went to our hearts because that was a beach that we had been to many times because we always went to that town in Turkey. So when we saw that photo, it all of a sudden like just resonated with us. We're like, we need to do something. This is not okay. And that was really like something that woke up the entire world and not just us, but everybody to the refugee crisis. And so then after that, three days later, we went to Turkey. We just Mm -hmm. hopped on a plane, left all of our travel plans behind and we just went. And so for the next month there, we were just buying supplies. We were canting them out to families and kids like toys and diapers and food and the very essentials that these families needed. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did for a month. But we realized that it brought us so much joy and it brought these people so much joy, like just being with these kids. It was... It was incredible and it really started to change us and we noticed like, wow, we can do this and we can change someone's yeah. lives, even by being kids who were 14 and 16 at the time. Yeah, it was an immediate thing and like we we had traveled before and that was fulfilling for us, the education, the learning, seeing the cultures. But then when this new passion, you can say, came on of helping these people, it changed. We all of a sudden were like, travel is amazing. But the true joy and where you find true happiness is in serving other people. So it shifted completely. Uh, even as like 14 and 16, we were like, travel's great, but we need to volunteer more. <laughs> so it was an amazing transition. And that's how it's been ever since. I am yeah. <clears throat> so in love with that because, like, my whole life is now dedicated to trying to do service to mm-hmm. people. Um, but that's been a realization that's slowly steeping in. I can't believe you guys had this realization. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, four or five years ago already. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is incredible. So do you think that's something that um... – Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're an advocate for as well as living a life of service for others. Mm -hmm. That's one of our biggest goals is like that no one is unqualified when it comes to serving humanity. That's kind of our, our tagline motto. No yeah. one can, everyone can make a difference that no one is left out. Like yeah. everybody can change the world in their own way, wherever they are through whatever cause they're passionate about, whether it's big or small changes, because these, these changes all across the world are what change the world ultimately. So that's mm -hmm. what our, we're advocating for. Amazing. Yeah. And that's impregnated with a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the deeper challenges you've interfaced with on this journey though? Mm. In terms of volunteering, um, one of the biggest challenges was people, other volunteers or other people accepting that as we were so young yeah. and we were, in, <laughs> like, we were in a refugee camp working in 2016 for six yeah. months and we were there every single day and it was the heart of the height of the crisis and there were just people flooding in every day into this makeshift camp and there was UNHCR. It was one of those, like the footage you see on the news that first response, give yeah. them shelter, give them food, um, warm, you know, clothing. So things like that. So we were there and we would be walking through the camp and you would see other volunteers who were like, do you need help? Are you lost? Are you okay? <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, and, and then they'd see like 10 kids run up to us and know mm -hmm. our names and they're like, okay, okay, you're volunteers. <laughs> yeah. But through that process, we, we showed a lot of people and we were grateful that we could show that, mm -hmm. that as young people, we could still change these kids' lives. And we connected mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. a lot more with some of the teenagers because we were their peers mm -hmm. and we were their same ages. So yeah. we would connect on things that made us happy mm -hmm. together, singing songs, playing games um, as a youth. And so that was probably overall our biggest challenge. We were thankfully supported from our family. They were always there for us with this. Um, but the outside, from the outside, <laughs> it sort of looked strange for two long girls to be walking through a refugee camp at the beginning. Yeah. Especially um, when we yeah. taught classes. We taught English and like simple math, math classes. And people would come up to us and volunteers would be like, you're not qualified to do this. Mm -hmm. You don't have a degree in teaching and everything. But we realized that we ended up like helping the kids more than the actual mm -hmm. teachers that came in before us because we were so connected as youth and because they had fun learning yeah. and they had that emotion attached to that learning. So yeah. it just stuck in their brains and they loved it. And so that's what really made that important. And that's why we want to advocate for youth also to make a difference because it's so much more impactful with when other youth are helping other youth. And that's what our charity is called Kids Unite for Hope. So it's kids uniting across the world yeah. for hope of better future. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so amazing. And I Thank think you. there's a really deep message in there, which is, you know, again and again, I'm just being on my journey. Like I've noticed there are people that are like 10, 15 years ahead mm -hmm. of wherever I want to be in life. And having them as mentors is extremely valuable. 
But what I found is like those that are like three years ahead or just five years ahead, like learning from them, being in their tail dust, everything's so much more palpable and mm-hmm, so much yeah. more real. Like that connection that you mm-hmm. experience is just like, yeah, you go all the way in on that and mm-hmm. it feels much, mm-hmm. yeah, real. And I think that's what you're speaking to is like really incredible and in that these kids can actually connect mm-hmm. to like other kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. like, yeah, like these are my challenges, these are my problems and like you guys can actually relate to yeah. each other and mm-hmm. to the language that comes out of that. And I think, yeah, even just that, I think you touched on something really, really deep, which was making learning fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because learning is quite essential. And I'd love to have a conversation with you about your education process. But like, even just, um, yeah, like making learning fun, but making learning accessible and they're not necessarily needing a qualification mm-hmm. for it, but actually just making it accessible, um, especially when, in I can I can only imagine being in like this first response environment, um, it may not be like a priority to be like, Oh yeah, let's go back to school. Yeah. You know what yes, I mean? Definitely. Like let's go back and get educated, yes. you know, it's like right now I'm just dealing with like my traumas you know and especially as kids they would like like locking into traumas is so much more readily available and like less Mm -hmm. like less people to talk to about it at that time as well because you're less Mm self-aware in my humble opinion well in some ways i think emotionally you're just more Mm -hmm. so you are more aware in many ways Mm -hmm. but like having the language around like oh you know that was something that got stuck Mm -hmm. that was something that doesn't serve me i wonder if that's in there and i think I'm enthusiastic about what you guys are doing with the education stuff because education is kind of like food. It just brings people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, so yeah. people just end up collaborating and coming together in a space yes. and the healing that must be for people in their first response. Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. Tell us more about, like, education and, like, in these yes. environments. Yeah, and one of the – we taught them, like, English and math and these basic, um, these basic subjects. But what we really ended up learning more from each other was we told them about the world we'd seen. So we taught them about all their cultures because they'd never really seen the world other than their their journey, journey from mm. Syria to Greece. Yeah. But we taught them about the world we'd seen, about different cultures, about the different cities in Europe or countries where they might end up. And we taught them about, like, even, like, American culture, like, pop culture, and, like, these fun <laughs> things that other youth understand. But yeah. most importantly, we kind of, they told us their story. Right. And so we got to almost help them process it and they got to tell us and share their emotions with us and although it was it was hard sometimes i think it was also helpful because from there then they could say that was my past but now i'm going to build this amazing future and i'm going to live out my dreams and my passions and my goals and so we started enabling that a bit and that was amazing because we found out one of the kids liked to dance. And so we set up like this group to all go around him and he was going to do his like robot dance for everybody. And he was so excited, but he was so empowered. And I think that's a big part of education is the empowerment. Yeah. Mm. And that's something that we really worked hard to give them. Yeah. We like many other teachers and would come in and they would want to teach. We had so many volunteers coming in and out at that time and they would want to teach. They would want to talk about, their past. And there were people like psychologists as well, who are just as needed in those environments. But the kids would sit there for hours with these people and talk about what happened in Syria, what family member isn't with them any longer, um, all the trauma. And we saw how that in some way was helpful, but they, 
went back to that idea, those yeah. thoughts, and they sat in them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. And what was beautiful is when us as teenagers, we talk about, we, we ask them questions like, what do you want to do when you're older? Or what do you love? What do you want to do? What, what are you passionate about? And we'd open up these conversations. Just, we didn't even know we were doing it. It was just a natural <laughs> like, thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, we saw how they shifted from talking about their past, like she said, to talking about their future. And I think that was an amazing transition because there were kids who would just sit literally on the ground. And you probably remember some people and they would just, you could see they were just almost frozen. Like they were thinking they were stuck in the past and they would just sit there. And over time, month after month, they just became alive again because they were speaking about, okay, when I live in Germany, I'm going to study this and all those kind of little details that for them was so important because they were hanging on to this hope um, of these things that they were going to do. So even more than just teaching them like basic phrases in English or things like that, I think for them, the real education, the real learning and growth was in having that hope and looking into the future in a Mm -hmm. positive way. That was the most powerful, powerful thing. We even like taught them like, oh, here's how you say a doctor or a like yes. different jobs in English. Here's a doctor. Here's an engineer. Here's an architect. Which one do you want to be? And then they'd be like, oh, I want to be like a policeman so I can help protect people. We're like, oh, wow. But what we notice is that like they go into these, they want to be in a place where they can provide justice. Yes. And like whether it's like being a policeman or being a lawyer or being like somebody who can help people and like really. And I think that's because they went through this hard situation where they wanted to provide like this safety. I can remember one of the kids, um, he was in a really bad place at the beginning and he grew out of it amazingly. He said he wanted to be a heart surgeon when he was older because he wanted to fix the broken hearts of Syria. And I just remember hearing that the first time and saying, oh, that is amazing that he was like 15 and someone who had been through so much was already in that mentality of being in a place of service and of healing his country. Mm -hmm. And I just found that so inspiring. Yeah, completely inspiring. (laughs) I'm loving that your service is further inspiring other Mm -hmm. people to live a life of service and helping them unlock the service that is already in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like, yeah, you know, like, we've um, one thing I've consistently learned on the Inspired Evolution is that oftentimes, like, our biggest challenges form our biggest gifts. Mm -hmm. We imagine that, like, the environment that, you know, what is potentially growing in this environment out of these people's challenges. Wanting to mend the hearts, yes. you know, like yeah. that is just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, tell me more about, yeah, tell, okay, tell, let's go there. Tell me more about your education. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's a whole other. Yeah. Okay, let's open the can of Yeah. So, like, yeah, you mm-hmm. are very young and most people are going to school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like eight to four, eight to three, or something like this every mm-hmm. day of the week? Yeah. And they have Saturday Sundays to themselves. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're jet setting all over Whose idea was this? Um, where did oh, it yeah. begin? Where did yeah, like tell yeah, me, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> our it all started um, with our parents loving to travel. Yeah. Um, and so even before we were born, they were travelers. They just wanted to see the world. Yeah. Um, and then when we came along at first they were like, okay, we have children, we have to stop traveling. Mm. 
And that quickly proved, they proved that that wasn't true. Um, <laughs> and so we kept traveling even when we were little, but we were fixed mainly. We grew up in several different countries. So yeah. you're here, you're there. Um, but most of our, our lives was in Venice, okay. Italy. Um, so we went to Italian school there. We were part of that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2013, my mom actually, our mom saw some travel bloggers who were traveling as families yeah. and she was really inspired by that. And she had always wanted to travel again. We loved traveling all of us and it sort of clicked. Like, why can't we do that too? We're already, we love traveling. My dad's work or dad's work was remote at the time as well. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, we can do it. We let's do this. <laughs> so we, it was a pretty fast process. We put everything in storage, all of our belongings in storage and we didn't know how long it was going to be, where we were going to go. It was just open. Mm-hmm. And we just left and decided to see what it was going to be like. And so at first we were a bit nervous because... Oh, oh my gosh. We were so 12, 12 and 14. Prior to this, yes. you had like a normal education. Yeah. Yes, normal so, education yeah. in Venice. In Venice, yeah. And you also had like years where you were like potentially in a different environment. Yes, we switched quite often. So we lived in like seven countries just growing up. We so little, it was like yeah. moving to the city, moving to that yeah. country. It was quite moving around, but we were in Venice for quite a while, but we went to the education there. And, but then eventually we were just like, why are we sitting in a classroom where we could be learning from the world instead? And so that's when we just said, let's just go. But the friends issue was a little hard at the beginning. I I have to admit, I had a hard time not having friends around every moment, but yeah, Mm -hmm. especially for teens. Yeah. Yeah. I think just looking in, like, mm-hmm. this conversation from Bird's Eye View, the fact that you have each other is pretty... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very lucky. Yeah, exactly, yes. 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 Yeah. So at first, the friends issue was like, oh, I'm going to miss my friends. But then like, over the next year, I was like, oh, it's okay. We're making friends around the world. And then it kept on evolving to the mm-hmm. point where it was, we started traveling just to take something from a place like, oh, that's a really beautiful site. Let's do this. Let's do that. Just to kind of see it. Mm-hmm. But then after, especially after volunteering, especially in the Middle East, we realized, oh, wait, we can actually like leave something of ourselves mm-hmm. here. Like mm-hmm. leaving a little piece of like a legacy in every place you visit so like being nice to somebody showing like kindness telling them like oh wow you have beautiful eyes like you this country is so beautiful this is amazing like i love your shop or just leaving these little like sparks in people around the world and that's what our mom always says that she's like i didn't raise them all on my own the world helped me raise them and and so So, like, we, for our education-wise, yeah. a lot of people were like, so you're traveling, you're not in a classroom, there's no teacher, mm-hmm. what are you going to do, and how are you going to learn? Um, and so, at the beginning, what we did was we enrolled in an online system, an American system. Uh, so, we thought we'd balance the travel, learning from the places that we're in, and from the cultures, while ha- doing a normal American sure. curriculum. And at the beginning, that worked, but we quickly realized that we we wanted to experience the places we were in and learn about them. How we saw how passionate we were about learning on our own, yeah. and that we wanted to learn. We were curious. We like explorers at heart, as we say. And so we would be in somewhere like Egypt, and we want to learn about Egyptology. We want to yeah. be in the tombs and mm-hmm. be fully immersed and stand at the pyramids and learn about the pyramids and. 
it was a hard thing sometimes because we'd be sitting in Giza with the view of the pyramids from our hotel room, but we were studying something like biology because we knew we had to get that assignment in, which is fantastic. But we were like, we want to learn about, about what's right in front of us. So it shifted. And then after two years, we stopped and we decided to build our own curriculum. So we have a way now of creating a structure where we take a country and we say, what can we learn based on history, science, literature, religion, art, art history? We take all those different subjects and look at the country and say, okay, Egypt, let's learn hieroglyphics. Let's learn about their art. Let's learn about their mythology. Let's learn about the modern and ancient history. And so we do that for every country. And so in that we learn all the aspects of it. So So it's amazing because we've managed to to balance the travel and creating Mm -hmm. somewhat of a structure Mm -hmm. to where we know what we learned and how we, how we grew from it as well on Mm -hmm. a personal level and not just on an educational intellectual level, but what did we learn from the culture? How did we connect from the culture? What did we learn from these people? So in the Middle East, we learned hospitality and acceptance and perseverance and never giving up. Uh, in Asia, we learned so many other things, oh gratitude and the beauty of just the cultures in general, the art, the language. So it was intellectual based on like the structure of normal school, but then also things like open-mindedness, curiosity, uh, like connection with people and how to connect and how to communicate with different cultures and religions and accepting different religions. So there's all these other things that we've learned along the way. And we've realized that. So we've been able to create this curriculum that's very, very broad. Uh So that's our our education in a nutshell, but it's, it's nice because a lot of families that travel come to us and say, how do you learn? Like, we we don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, or there's people that are like, we have to be in an online curriculum. We have Mm -hmm. to be structured like that. So it's nice that we've kind of over the years found this balance of this in between Mm -hmm. to do both. Sounds like you found a really nice little sweet spot there. Mm -hmm. And I do have questions about, um, people that you would be interfacing with on this journey that would be naysayers. Yeah. So many. So many. (laughs) Well, a lot of people say like, yeah, how can, how can you go to like, what about university? Yeah. yeah that's then you're a like, question. Oh yeah. University. Well, so we actually think we could go to university if we wanted to. And we actually have gone to a couple of universities and we've said, could we apply here if we wanted to? And they're like, we accept you like that because of that education that you have from the world, because it's so valuable. And a lot of people have told us that. And uh, so it was interesting to hear that side of it when other people say, oh, you'll never get into university. But then we're like, well, actually, we don't really want to go to university. Like, (laughs) wait wait a minute. Why would we spend like four years in a place unless it's for like, if we have a designated job that needs that, like to be a doctor or something. But we feel like we're making already such of a difference in the world right now. Mm-hmm. It would be so hard to stop for four years at least and then like really stay in one place. Mm-hmm. So we're like, why don't we take those online courses and those classes that you do during college, yeah. but then also have this world education, helping mm-hmm. other people and doing these different things like speaking around the world or maybe like doing more volunteering, helping mm-hmm. other people in NGOs. Yeah. And we want to let, you know, open up youth centers around the mm-hmm. world. That's like a big goal of ours Mm -hmm. so it's like we're already on the path to doing that so we're just deciding maybe we don't want to go to university Mm -hmm. that that, and also we have mind valley university so it's okay you know (laughs) so that's yeah the thing that i was like 
was really, really obvious is that you've actually set yourself up for lifelong learning, mm-hmm. yeah. which sounds really subtle and sounds like nothing. But, like, my whole faith as an individual is to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, I feel like I, that, that youthfulness in life, that spark, mm-hmm. that joy, yeah. all comes with being, like, mm-hmm. a perpetual student. That's so true. And just tuning into, like, how much you have just taken this as a challenge and gone, okay, cool, how can we really, like, really mold to this? Um, I'm noticing that, okay, like, yes, you know, you're in Egypt and you're learning all these mm-hmm. little bits. You're in Asia and you're learning all these little bits. And then... But watching, like, the mindset that you've developed to then travel and mm-hmm. learn and travel mm-hmm. and learn, that's going to stay with you forever. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yes. And it, it's also taught us to look at every piece of life and be like, oh, where, what can I learn from that? Yeah. Because when we mm-hmm. go to every place, we think, what can I learn from this place? What can I learn from the culture, the people, the, the sites, the history? Mm-hmm. So now we do that everywhere you go. Like yeah. everything, you start looking at it as an experience to learn something. Mm-hmm. And so it's not no longer like, oh, I have to learn this. Oh, I have to do that. But it's like, I'm investing in my knowledge. I'm investing mm-hmm. in myself. Like for my long-term life, this is going to be so precious. So what yeah. can I learn from this person? How can I have a takeaway? from this good experiences bad experiences it's all it's all learning yeah exactly through i think like just like you said through this travel and always being like how can i learn from this like you said being curious analyzing questioning things we hear we have set our life up to to always learn and to always look for something that we can grow in as well so there's like for us we call it like being open-minded and being open-hearted as well Mm -hmm. so that double so we learn on an intellectual level Mm -hmm. um through travel or through connection meeting people but then also on a heart level of how did they inspire us how what can we learn from this person how are they a role model for us and also it's amazing that you can do that anywhere you are. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be through travel. Like even yeah. if you're in one specific city, one specific country, you can still learn from wherever you are. Anybody mm-hmm. can do that. And especially in countries like, let's say even the US, so you have so many different cultures there mm-hmm. and you can learn from all these different people and you can really start like spreading your mind open to all these different people, cultures, and you learn so much, even if you're in your own city. And I think that's something that people need to understand is that you don't have to just have your standard education that you go through for mm-hmm. ages, this to that, yeah. but you can learn your entire life and keep on learning from different people because there's always opportunities to learn something more in your life. Yeah. And I think even what you're highlighting is that perhaps people that live in their local cities don't even venture out mm-hmm. to yeah. the local museum or their local mm-hmm. Yeah. That what is on offer there? Yes, because they're still in that mentality of education happens just in, in school. Yeah, so there's something really deep there. Can I ask you? This might be something that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever get overwhelmed? Like, is there too much to take on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. touched a nerve. Oh touched yeah, nerve. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Sometimes it's like, oh, let's just take a break. Let's just, we need to take a break from learning, from experiencing different cultures, especially like if you think of it on an energy level, even you're traveling around the world and you're picking up on people's energies and yeah. And especially like you just have to take a time to just recenter yourself, I think, because it's just, you can get overwhelmed with different, different people, different energies, especially learning so much, taking it all in, you know, you're taking Mm -hmm. it to your heart. So you really have to balance your energy with the energy yeah. that you see and feel and for us as well we get really connected like with the refugee crisis for example we get really connected to causes and people mm-hmm. that need help mm-hmm. and so the more we travel we see how big of a need there is in the world whether mm-hmm. it's 
girls and child marriage in certain countries or child labor, poverty in general, all these so many different things. And when we go to countries, for example, in Cambodia, we saw the kids that were working and selling things. And, and it just, it was like a pull on our hearts. And we we're like, we need to do something. We need to do something. And that's an incredible thing. And we really want to, but a lot of times you're saying about getting overwhelmed, all of these things stacked up together. It sometimes gets to that point where it's just like, we hold so much in our hearts and we care about so many people, which is a beautiful thing, but it can be a lot Mm. to feel like you have that world on your shoulders sometimes Mm. of feeling like we have that responsibility of, because we saw it firsthand, because we met these people going through this, we have a responsibility now to share their story with the world. Mm -hmm. And we love that. And we're so passionate about that, but it can get to a point where we question, are we sharing their story in the right way? Are we doing enough for them? Um, and so that is a hard balance for us sometimes. And we always find our way again. We get grounded and rooted and what we're passionate about again. But there are those moments where it's just like, we, we can't take it. We know that we can't fix the war in Syria, but we feel like we have all of it in our hearts and we care so much for it that sometimes we feel like we need, we need to keep doing more and more and more. Mm. So how do you like practically, how do you navigate the overwhelm? Like, is it a function of time? Like, do you just need some bit of time to just sit, mm-hmm. digest, process? Yeah. Yes. Or is it like, okay, I just need to not go adventuring mm-hmm. out too much. I need to spend more time at home for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like, Yes. Well, actually, like our first time volunteering with the refugees in Turkey, so this was 2014, it was really hard for us because that was our first introduction to the refugee crisis. So we were like very new to all of it. And we were, this was the first time we were hearing these people's stories and these people's like really hardships in life. And so we really had, we went down to that level and we felt that we were empathizing with them, but mm-hmm. it was really hard because we were being pulled down. Like mm-hmm. it was very hard and energetically we were being pulled down. But then I think it switched to a place of like sadness and kind of trying to deal with that sadness to a place of using that to fuel our passion that the world mm-hmm. needs to hear about this and the world needs to correct this mm-hmm. because this is not okay. And so that's what really, I think it went from a place of we need to help these people because they, this is wrong to like, let's go and like mm-hmm. let's spread the word of this. Let's yeah. But there voice. were moments after that, even after volunteering in 2016 in the refugee camp for well, um, many months, we went to that point where we had to step away. And so we had to take our time to just be with ourselves and we went through a lot of like very low energy times for months afterwards. Uh, we didn't know why at first, then we understood it's because we weren't filling ourselves up. We were giving and giving and giving mm-hmm. and we weren't, you know, taking that time to self care and to replenish mm-hmm. our energy. Um, so now we do that. We, we help the kids. We're there constantly, even to this day helping. And then sometimes we have to go home. We have an apartment in Athens now, which is nice. It's like a little home base. And we just, I like meditate all the time, just clear that energy. And because I'm thinking of all these kids and in my head, they're just always there and I'm worried. So that taking that time to volunteer and give and love all you can, but then also balancing it with Mm self-care and taking some time to realize (laughs) how much energy you're giving out and how much the stories, how many, how many stories you're taking in. Because for us, we didn't realize uh, how much it was affecting us. But then months later, I'd start crying about something and it would be one of the kids' stories that happened four years ago in Syria. And I would be like, goodness, I didn't even realize that I was still keeping that in. I brought that on myself and I kept that energy stagnant in there. So it's definitely balance of self-care for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's really um, 
hard to miss in this mm-hmm. is your level of emotional development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. I just can't believe I just had that conversation with like two people that were on the age of 21. <laughs> <laughs> the importance of self-care, like yeah. meditating, mm-hmm. knowing energies to move through, like that is really, really, really something. I want to, um, the responsibility factor, like, because mm-hmm. like, it seems like you see something and then you feel compelled mm-hmm. to be responsible, to take action. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's something that's uniquely, like, the way you guys are, like, you or you or, like, your family or, like, where does that sense of responsibility, that call to serve, mm-hmm. um, to make mm-hmm. a difference? Because I'm sure, and I'm, I wish there was less, wasn't something that I was as sure of, mm-hmm. um, but people in a similar environment would be mm-hmm. triggered by similar responses but mm-hmm. may not be called to action. As yeah, you yeah. What do you think it is about you guys that... that, um, that? Well, like... Actually, our mom was born with a very rare bone disease. And yeah. so when she was growing up, she had many surgeries all throughout her childhood. Wow. So she looked different from other kids growing up. So she would, she t- used to tell she stories struggled. of how she was bullied and how mm. she was left out because she didn't fit in. No. <laughs> such a beautiful person. Yeah. And yeah, Inside and out. Inside yes. and out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. And that's why it's like it really – for us growing up, we were always the kids to sit with the kid who was alone at lunch or stand up for those being bullied it was always like we had this responsibility to always stand up for those who felt left out or outsiders so-called by Mm -hmm. society and so we always stood up for those people and we always wanted to make sure that they were heard and that they were cared for and loved and so i think it really did stem from even from when we were kids all of our lives and we used to say like instead of our mom asking us what did you learn at school today she Mm -hmm. used to tell us like how did you make someone smile today and so i was like it's it's already from little kids like we were always always ingrained with this sense of responsibility yeah. that we had to like that we wanted to it was more like a place of service that we wanted mm-hmm. to help these these kids and these people who felt yeah. left out and even now i think another thing for us is we see we see how so many people in the world don't know about certain cultures or yeah. think of like know the wrong labels right so the mm-hmm. middle east it's sort of this one region that you should avoid right mm-hmm. that's the label yes. and, and so you travel there and you meet the most friendly exactly. people exactly you're, like, like, you're, like, <laughs> yes. you're like jesus like i was told not to visit this country yes. by my government by my yes, friends exactly. by my family, <laughs> like, everybody loves Everyone's me like, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and so it's exactly what you're saying. Exactly yeah. that exactly. that experience where you're like, how is this a bad place? <laughs> yeah. And so when we see like friends and family or people that we know, United States or across the world that think so differently, we've heard their opinions mm-hmm. about these regions or people or cultures or religions, and then we experience them firsthand. And when we're doing that, we sometimes think about those people and we're like, okay, we're we're connecting with these people that are labeled in a wrong way. And we're the only ones, let's say, out of our family or our friend group or our social group that know this. So now we have, we feel like we have mm-hmm. responsibility. Yes. Um, so right now, a lot of that is in, in that and sharing the true stories. And we're so grateful that so many times we'll hear people that after us telling a story, especially about the Middle East, uh, they'll be like, thank you so much. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And that changed me. And I want to go now. I've always wanted to visit Egypt mm-hmm. and I never mm-hmm. wanted to now, but now I do. And I'm like, and we just, we hear that and we know for sure that that's, that's what we're called to do is share those stories. Mm-hmm. And so that's what fuels us as well as that, that feeling of responsibility is when we see when we see people like that that say they were changed. <laughs> so what I'm getting at the end of this conversation, I'm going to see the two of you as like little dynamite sticks as bowls of, <laughs> <laughs> of stereotypes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. 
smashing stereotypes, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like you're doing that with your travel, with this responsibility mm-hmm. of sharing these global perspectives with people and obviously blowing your own stereotypes yeah. open mm-hmm. and then taking that responsibility on to do that for other people and then also with the work that you're doing with your with your um, non-for-profit and mm. with the work that you're doing with the refugees and mm-hmm. you know blowing the stereotypes of education or yeah. the stereotypes mm-hmm. of what it really means to connect and be of service and living a life um in that way so something that's you know i want to i want to tune in with is obviously those that are listening um they can foresee that you know just having this conversation with you guys and just your level of awareness and just all the amazing things that you're doing, thank <laughs> no, you for doing what you're doing. It has such it, it instills such a hope for the future for those of us that are perhaps a little bit older in mm-hmm. it already, mm-hmm. you know. Um, what is in the future for you too? What is coming up? Mm. Well, we have one of our big goals is to go around the world and like create youth centers for kids and mm-hmm. whether it's kids in Africa for refugees for for the Rohingya refugees, which is another crisis we want to start volunteering in. But we want to create like this place of environment, these environments where kids can feel safe mm-hmm. and where they can mm-hmm. feel loved and where they can start dreaming of their future because that's so important for kids to have this dream ahead of them so that mm-hmm. they they see that dream and they say, I'm going to work for that because that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we really want to start doing is like making these places where kids can feel welcome. That's our goal. Like mm-hmm. kids and mainly also girls and the, we want to start a girls center also yeah. is very hard sometimes. Like, and so we want to help that way, like starting these places yeah. where these kids can feel safe. So that's like a big goal. Like yes. that's like 10 years down the road. But yes. yeah, we feel like we see so many times people and volunteers that come and they give food or they give clothes and that's fantastic, but they're still going to be hungry the next day, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you give food. So we've realized you need to ha- be sustainable in how you help people. Yeah. And so with these centers, it's a place where they can come and feel safe. They can come and learn skills get an education. Um, they can learn and dream. And our goal is to have classes as well on personal development, right? How to heal your trauma, how to identify what's blocking you from achieving Mm -hmm. your dreams. All of the things that we all know as conscious people that we learn Mm -hmm. so many children could benefit from it so much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They need it. They really need it. And so I feel like a lot of times those ideas of personal growth aren't reaching people that need it the Mm -hmm. most. So that is our goal is to bring all of these concepts that we're all learning Mm -hmm. and that we talk about so much to people that they could become the next Malala or the next, Mm -hmm. you know, youth that changes the world. But unless we give them those tools, they will never know. Mm -hmm. And, and so we feel like we want to reach those people through these centers in a sustainable way uh, that could become the next world leaders or change makers. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And what inspires you? Like what excites you about that? Just being able to contribute in the world, like having a place where where we are already impacting youth and because mm-hmm. youth are the future. And so how can we help that, that future be a bright future? And yeah. so that's by helping the youth and helping them achieve their dreams. Yeah, we love to look at 
sort of the long-term vision yeah. and see what is it going to be like in 10, 20 years yeah. when we have this new generation of people that are passionate, that are globally minded, that don't judge based on nationality or religion or culture, um, that are conscious and want to, to create a better planet. And so we're doing any way we can to get those messages across now. And that's a beautiful thing that we love to say is that we're not going to wait until we feel like we have the right qualifications or we're old enough or people can mm-hmm. value, you know, like we can so do it now true. we can blow that stereotype yeah. of yeah. having to wait till you're older and we're just going to do it now in any way we can so that mm-hmm. we can tell other youth as well to do the same mm-hmm. i absolutely love that girl thank, thank, you. thank you so much yeah. for your time your energy so and just obviously for giving me the space to share this conversation thank you so much thank you um but also just all the work you've done on yourselves, you know, to be so young mm-hmm. yet so mature and, yeah, like, it takes courage and it mm-hmm. takes, like, a certain quality of determination to be able to blow stereotypes so consistently and to be working through that. So just all the work you've done on yourselves and obviously a big AAT family as well. <laughs> They're amazing. Um, for those that perhaps want to tune in, that want to learn more about what you guys are doing mm-hmm. or perhaps even support the mission in some way, what's the easiest way, best way to get in touch with you guys and get in contact? Uh, so our nonprofit is called Kids Unite for Hope. Mm-hmm. Number four. Number four. So Kids <laughs> Unite Number Four Hope. Yeah. And that is where we share stories we help kids right now in Athens. We're volunteering with a community center uh, in Athens, Greece. Mm-hmm. So we work there and we help many kids do classes. Uh, so that is the easiest way. And also people, if they are in Greece, can come mm-hmm. and see the kids and meet them and volunteer with us. So that is always an option. Yes. We are always yes. connected. Yes. Awesome. Yes. 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 Beautiful. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Yes. Much love. Hey Tribe, thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 